Welcome, everybody, to Self-Evident Podcast. This is Massey. Mike is not here, but you see this lovely woman named Clarissa in front of me. We're going to be talking about some different things. This is Podcast 33, so we want to thank you so much uh, for tuning in and watching these videos and listening on SoundCloud and all these things. Guys, please go to theselfevidenttruth.com, and you can find out more information about the podcast, where you can listen to it. We're also on Spotify. We're on iTunes and all that jazz, and we thank you for all the subscribers and all of this stuff. So um, I am honored uh, to interview. I've never done an interview before usually it's mike and not me because i travel so much but uh mike's actually the one traveling and i'm here now isn't that amazing yes right so i'm honored actually to be here with miss clarissa duskin who is a part of the public school system here and it's uh, st Lucie county and why we wanted to have her on the the podcast here is because she's asked us uh as self-evident to go and to speak to new immigrant families um, about the Constitution, what it means to be an American. Now, I'm going to be kind of bold to say this, but it, I'm, and I'm glad I get to say this. I dare say most Americans don't even know what it really means to be an American. A lot of them don't even know the Constitution. Look at Congress, right? Look at our presidencies for the last, I don't know, 60, 70 years. So you can see that we have a lack of teaching. So I'm honored to have you, Miss Clarissa. How are you? Good, good. I'm doing very good. Thank you for asking. Well, yeah, I've got to. It's kind of my <laughs> MO. My wife said, ask her good questions, would you? You know, don't make a fool out of yourself, even though I do all the time. You know, I'm looking at your daughters. They're beautiful. Thank you. Very, very beautiful. So I got to ask first, just, just, and I'm going to ask it in a, in a couple different ways. What brought you first off to this point? And then I'll ask you about your story a little bit later. But what brought you to the point of, man, I'm helping immigrant families mm -hmm. in the public school system, which is huge. Mm -hmm. um, the public schools to me are domain where a lot of kids get lied to. They get fed a bunch of junk. Mm -hmm. um, if you know, and the teachers mean so well. And it's like then you get the home lives brought to the schools and mm -hmm. all these things. And here you are trying to help families mm -hmm. just be a part of uh, and acclimate to, to to society, to life, to America. What really brought you to that point? If I can be so bold to ask. Well, I've been in this. I've been doing this for nine years. And before I started, I was a classroom teacher, and I was really looking forward to retiring from teaching. That really was what I wanted to do. Um, so when I was called for this position, I really didn't have a clue uh, the reach that I was going to have, nor did I even thought that I was ever going to have the things that we currently have in St. Lucie County. But um, so part of the journey was basically my own personal experience, mm -hmm. my lack of understanding of so many things, and the fact that I, as a, my, as a parent, needed to have information about how to support my children and how to integrate to society. Although I was born in this country right. and I lived in, in Puerto Rico, still there was there was that cultural uh, difference in that in that shock that we all go through when you moved from, from another country. Of course. Um, so I saw in our families the need to do that. And the Acculturation Academy came in place because we have these centers that provide services to our families to learn English, but then what? You know English, but you also need to learn how to integrate to this culture. There's so many things that they can take advantage of if they only knew their rights and their responsibilities and what America is truly about. Because we all come with bias. We all were told these things in our country or we saw something on TV, but we also need to learn what it really means and That's then right. how to take advantage of it. So, right. so I was so thankful and our parents were so thrilled. And they were asking for more information. We definitely want to work in future projects because it really is important for our families to to get access to this information. Yeah, I think that's mm -hmm. kind of the fun part about mm -hmm. what we do. 
I'm saying we now because I, I consider it a partnership mm-hmm. is to expose people to a real view of what the American government system is. Um, when you come from other countries, you don't really have a republic system. So like mm-hmm. even nowadays, most people in America consider us a democracy and we're not. We're actually a republic. So just to even teach that the proper way to me, especially to new immigrants, they only know one system, what they were raised in, what they grew up in. Mm-hmm. So to them, they can bring that here. But it's like, no, if we can learn the American system, which makes us prosperous, that's why he came in the first place, because right. it's a prosperous nation. Well, what got us to that point, you know? And so also too the whole God aspect to me, mm-hmm. like I can't evade that. And I'm, I'm not trying to proselytize and I don't, I'm not preaching to them necessarily, but God gives me rights. And mm-hmm. if he does, then no man can take him from you. Take advantage mm-hmm. of that. God gave you the right to life and liberty and properties. Go out and make something of yourself. Go yeah. do something like you, you bring business people in sometimes mm-hmm. to, yeah. to expose them to, Hey man, you can start your own company. You can, yeah. you know, all these things. And I think to me, that's amazing. So which segues into this question, mm-hmm. Born in America. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. like, that's a trippy story. Yeah. Born in America. You moved to Puerto Rico. Yeah. And then you come. Dude, isn't she beautiful? <laughs> Look at her. She's barely like 25. And she's got two grown children. Right? Yeah. But so what brought you to all that? If you could start mm-hmm. from the beginning to now. Like, okay. tell me your story and take your time. We've got time on this one. Um. So basically, my parents moved to to. The United States from Puerto Rico, um, and I was born in, du- yeah. in New Jersey. At the age of four, my parents moved to Puerto Rico, back to Puerto Rico, and that happens a lot. We see this happen a lot. We see children that are born here, go back to the native country, and then um, return. return. So I, I returned at the age of um, 28. Mm. Um, I was already a single mom. Yeah, I had, um, you know, hardship, things that happened in my life that, put me at the place where that was at. Um, but I have a very supportive family. My my parents, my sisters, you know, it was incredible. Um, so I found myself, and I always tell people, I have two girls, two boxes, but I had a huge dream. And I knew I could do it. I knew I could do it. Um, I, ha- I had become a Christian when I was 16 years old. Unfortunately, I lost my way in the, way in the process. But having to find myself as a single parent it really brought me to the place that I needed to, I needed to come back to the Lord the way I knew to do Stop that. Stop there. Mm-hmm. You said two boxes, two girls in a dream. Can mm-hmm. you explain that? What yep. like two boxes? What does that two mean? Two boxes meant I had all my belongings were placed in two boxes. That's how much stuff I didn't have. <laughs> wow. Or I had. Um, I didn't see a need. I mean, I ask Etta sometimes, Etta, you know Etta, um, and she oh. says, Mom, I don't remember being in need, and I'm she's so a, thankful for that. She's a four foot eleven power, yeah. power yeah. ball. And she says, Mom, I don't remember those days. I mean, we share one room, one bed. Um, we lived on a $250 um, income, spending money to say, you know, I have food, I had a shelter, my, I live with my yeah. parents, but... That's all I had available for emergencies, car accidents, or whatever that was. That's all I had. Um, But I never saw a need, and I never saw myself. I never felt pity for myself. I I just, this is where I'm at. And and I know God will see me through. I believed him more than I believed my circumstances. So so we moved. I had two girls. My sisters um, were so gracious. They, they got me in. I remember them. I always thought about I'm next year at this same time, I'm not going to be in this situation. That's all I said to myself. And I and again, I believe God more than I believe my circumstances. So um, we moved to Florida. We moved to Florida in a very critical time. And I always tell the parents, um, when you move in the middle of the year, it's very difficult for children. 
But again, my kids never saw that, that they were in disadvantage because they didn't know any English. Their teachers were very supportive. I remember Etta telling me, I didn't know that I, my, kid, my teachers didn't understand me. She was speaking to them in Spanish. <laughs> and, but she never felt different. And I thought that was amazing. Um, so then I, I, I became my journey as a teacher. I had already worked in Puerto Rico as a, as a classroom teacher for four years. So then I went into a middle school that was very rough um, because I was, my heart was devoted to children, younger children. But you know what? You take the job that you can at the moment that you're at. And so I did. Y'all listen to that? Say that again. Yep, you take the mo- the job that you can in the moment that you're at. That's exactly right. That's you got to start somewhere. Yeah. And people, yeah. I don't know what it is about, especially this generation of kids, mm-hmm. this, this era of kids. I got to wait for that perfect situation, yeah. that perfect circumstance, the perfect, perfect never, perfection yeah. comes in time. And it's just mm-hmm. like you just keep moving and moving and you keep growing and growing and growing into yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. Continue. I just, see, these are like, I could pause you at like, five, you know, a minute, eight, I'm like, oh, that's good. You know, you should talk about that. But. <laughs> You just you got so much in what you're talking about. Thank you. Um, so 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 I started working at this school. It's a middle school, and I found myself uh, three years in, and I'm like thinking I can't do this. And then as I'm traveling, my kids were 45 an hour and a half away from me. You know, my mom being a mom was a priority to me, but I as a mom I had to offer my children you know shelter and and other things. So. So then at that point, I meet Kenny, who's my husband, um, and we, um, you know, we started dating. God was so gracious to us because Kenny was, I mean, there were times that Kenny didn't even know that I have no money to pay for the food in my, in my refrigerator. And we would go shopping. And I remember this one day we were dating and, and we, were, we were, you know, buying all these things. And he would say, oh, let's buy this and let's buy that. And I'm thinking in my mind, when I pass that, um, visa, yep, that is gonna <laughs> bounce my account, and you know what? But again, I mean, again, I believe God more than I believe my circumstances. Wow. So I remember just going by and I was ready to swipe my card, and Kenny goes, Oh, no, no, this is on me, you're buying all this stuff because I wanted it. And I'm like, Lord, you're so good because it, it would have been disastrous for me. I know I would have all these um overdraft uh fees. fees. So, um, so that was that. So we met, we dated for a year, we got married, um, and, and, and our journey as, as, a, as a family started. It was a blended family. Um, again, it was just that place where we knew God was there. It, and mm. We never doubted. You know, that's the thing. People ask me, how do you do that? How did I do what? I mean, I don't think that I did anything special. I that's lived crazy. life trusting God. That's basically it. And we moved from glory to glory. And I never saw my situation as, oh, I feel so bad about me because I'm a single mom and now I'm moving to another country and I have two girls and what am I going to do? I never felt bad about it. I just knew this is the life that I had to live and I, I was going to move on. Um, so then from there we, we moved, um, we, we bought a townhouse, uh, a small townhouse. That's all we could afford. So we did it. Um, we have, I think, $4,000 down payment. And I remember encouraging people, you can own a house. You, you Listen, all you need is $4,000 for a down payment. And I remember a friend listening to me and then buying a house, and I was so proud of her. Um, so then from there, we, we moved to a bigger home, and then uh, Leah came along. Um, um, and then from there, we just moved to St. Lucie County. And in St. Lucie, again, I was teaching. I love teaching. I love children. I was finally at a grade level that I absolutely loved, which was for first grade. Teaching how to read was a passion to me. 
Um, and then I began just having leadership in the school, at the school level. The principal kept including me in all these uh, leadership opportunities. That's the district awesome. called me into leadership, and I was part of it. I never sought out that leadership. It just came to me, you know. The Lord was preparing me because little by little, I was the great chair, and then I was the district leader, and then I was called by a, a company to... But listen to what you're saying. It's like you didn't seek out leadership. Mm -hmm. Leadership sought you. Yeah. But I wonder if it's because a lot of the times, and I say this a lot to young people when I work with them, when I go into a school, what's your tongue like? If mm -hmm. all you speak is defeatism yeah. and you're down yeah. and you're this and you're that, yeah. you don't have solutions to problems. You're always looking at it in a negative. You're never going to get called to leadership because mm -hmm. you're not inspiring. And it yeah. just seems like you just talking to me for the last 10 minutes is just, there's an inspiration. You just said, when I bought a house, I'm encouraging people go and I'm encouraging people to do this and I'm encouraging people to mm -hmm. leave the country or whatever they got to do. You know, and I didn't feel down about this. It's like leadership gets drawn to inspiration, mm -hmm. to encouragement. Yeah. And you don't even need, this is what I tell kids all the time. They always think they need I'm not dissing college. Go right. to college right, if you right. want to. That's fantastic. But sometimes that's not always necessary. Yeah. Sometimes they're looking for someone like you. Mm. Someone, God puts that in your heart. I don't know why God does that. But like he'll put things in people where it's like, I didn't need a college degree for this. Right. It's just the right place, right time. And I thank God, like you, you just listen to the Lord. And he brings you, and it's like the one thing you've never said, this is crazy. I, you never said you blame God for oh, God. the situation you were in. Mm -hmm. That is just mm -hmm. insane to me. Dude, people do it all the time. I didn't call yeah. you dude. Dude, I mean, as in general. The, people do it all the time. They get themselves into a rut, and it's like, it's God's fault. Well, or it could have been mine, or it's just situations in general, right? We do that to the Lord. Yeah. And I, I don't know. To me, it's like leadership. So you're back on the point of leadership. Sorry, I had to say that because I'm just no, listening to you. I'm like, I could literally stop you and be like, man, explain <laughs> that. Because there's so much into what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And and to teach leadership, I think, mm -hmm. is the hardest thing. Mm -hmm. Because people want leadership, but some people just possess it. Right. You know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And if you have morality behind it, if you have Christ behind mm -hmm. it, if you have God behind it, that leadership won't lord over people. It'll help yeah. people. It'll encourage people. Do you know what I mean? So Well, and, and it's funny you say that because that's one of the things that I've learned through this process. You know, um, we were all created for a purpose. All of us were created for a purpose. And God is situating us at specific places so we can then be that solution for that problem. Yeah. Because that's who we are. We are here to solve problems. Darn right. Um, but but I found myself in this place of leadership and um, and it just kept growing. I remember our principal just telling me, have you thought about being a principal? And I'm like, uh, no, no, I'm going to I'm gonna retire from teaching. And I think the last year I want to teach is second grade. For whatever reason, I felt in love with second grade. Um, never got a chance to teach second grade full time. So, um, so then one day I'm in my classroom and I receive a call from district office. And they just told me, can I give your name to someone who is looking for a person like you? And again, I don't know what that looks like <laughs> and what does that mean? And I'm, and I'm thankful I don't because apparently <laughs> it's a big thing. But I guess I prefer to just treasure those things in my heart and not walk around with sure. a big head, you know? Sure. So, so I said, sure, you know, they can call me. So they call me. I didn't know I was being interviewed over the phone. And then I get a response back. Um, are you accepting? Accepting what? I'm not sure. Did you offer me a job? <laughs> yes, yes, I was offering your job. Okay, sure. So I took the job. I have no clue anything about the world that I was going into at all. I, I spent the first two weeks of my job studying the law because my job is actually a law-based program. 
It's a lawsuit that happened in 1992, in 1990, and then it got um, enacted in 1992. And I love this fact because it was when my daughter was born, 1992. So when I talk to people about this, I said it's a whole 26 years of this law happening, and yet we're still not at the place that we're accepting people who are coming from other countries, mm. that we are understanding that the service that we need to provide for them. Um, so I, I always mention that. So I spent two weeks studying and trying to prepare myself. I didn't know what I was preparing myself for. I just needed to prepare myself for it. Sure. Now, things happened at that year that, um, you know, sometimes we look at, we can look at hardship two ways. You can look at hardship and, de and feel defeated, or you can look at hardship and decide that I'm going to do something about this. This is not going to stay here. So that's what I did. Um, I, I remember one day telling my husband, I need to go back to school. I want to be a principal. And he's like, uh, I thought you never wanted to be a principal. I said, no, I, I didn't. But I, I, I know in my heart that's what I need to do. So I started school, uh, and it took me about a year and a half, and I completed two master's degrees, which I don't recommend anybody. A lot of people were very frustrated with me. Wait, what? <laughs> I did. I did. I did a master's A year degree. and a half? A year and a half. Two master's degrees? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A curriculum and instruction You're going to start hopping on the wagon here, boss, or what? <laughs> I got another four years. I'm kidding, man. What? Two? What? I, I did. It, it was online. It was very busy. I would spend hours, hours in a day in the computer um, studying, reading, um, answering. And I can tell you, for whatever reason, God just made it very easy for me to do it. I would remember things that I would not even think I could remember. And I, I know it was the Lord. In the process of finishing my master's, the, the last class that I'm getting ready to, to graduate, my mom passes. And I remember just sitting in there writing this paper for my last class. I will stop, sob, cry, because it was hard. It was letting go. Um, and then continue to work on what I had to do. And I would always remember, Mom, you never got to see my diploma. But it's okay because I know she's in heaven and, and it's all good. She, she did her job in, in, in this world, and it was time for her to go home. Um, so I finished my master's, and, and then just things starting to open up. Um, I, I, I've been part of leadership at the state level, at national level now. Um, I've been traveling a lot, which is hard on my family, but thank God that I have an amazing husband that is very supportive and children who help each other. Etta is like, like when you get married, it's going to be so hard. <laughs> By the way, Etta is sitting on the ground. Her fiance is one of our camera guys. It's John. Oh You've seen him on here before. And uh, they got engaged a couple weeks yeah. ago. And uh, we're, we couldn't be more happier yeah. for them. Uh, but they're they're amazing kids. But it's perfect you know, timing because you're I getting said kids. <laughs> I know, right? They're not kids. Anyway. Twenty four. No, uh, perfect timing because well, they get married. Leah's gonna be able to drive, so it's just perfect. God is so good, even to that detail. I'm telling you, God is so detailed. It's not even funny, but it's so cool. So um, this so is this is like a truly American God mm -hmm. story. Yeah. Like, yeah. you can't get any more yeah. American than this. I mean, and I don't want to say it because I don't, I don't want to put it on America. But do you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't get any mm -hmm. more American dream than this. Yeah. Like, to, to, to come in out of nowhere, mm -hmm. right? Bring your kids in and, and to, to go through what you went through. The heart, dude, even when you said about your mother, how many of us stop because our toe gets mm -hmm. stubbed? And I can't go to school today because I'm sick. And here you are just like, no, I'm going to keep pushing. Mm -hmm. And 
I, I'm not saying that we shouldn't value death because that's a big thing, especially right. if it's a mother. But to see the goal, mm-hmm. you just don't see that anymore. Yeah. I mean, and I'm saying as a majority, there are people out there that have it, right. and I know them. I, I I hope I'm in that class that it, I just see it. I'm going to go for it. But it's this. The, why why I'm stopping you again is because when young people watch this, mm-hmm. I want them to grasp this. Like you can have a dream. And through any hardship, you can pursue it. If that's what God's called you to do, there is no mountain in the way. You can get it done. I mean, I kind of want to say this, like, I'm I'm even more, like, I, I was asking my wife, should I go to, to seminary while I work here and while I do self-evident? Mm-hmm. She's like, do you have the time? And it's like, no, but I mean, I know that I need to do this. This right. is another step for mm-hmm. me that I, that I need to take. And, and, you know, obviously self-evident is, is a big part of my life. And, you know, the kids, you know, they're getting bigger mm-hmm. and I can't believe it. They're 10, eight and five and they just grow up so fast and yeah. how smart they are and how witty they are and how much they're, they're each one of them is a piece of me and her. And, and, but it's like, if I don't do this now, can I teach them to be better? Like if I don't teach them to pursue what's on their heart and I never went to college. So for me to own my own ministry and to, to do all these things, be somewhat successful, and it's it's kind of one of them things that daddy never could teach me because he didn't have the opportunity, you know, but you did. And it's like your daughters can see and like pick the fruit from your tree. And your husband has a big part of this. I'm not trying to discount that, but I just want everybody to see that, like and to just to grasp that for a second. You can do this. You're in a, you're in the land of milk and honey, mm-hmm. man. You can get this done. Sorry. Continue. This is amazing. Like, I didn't know any of this stuff when I met you. I mean, I knew you were already amazing, but like... <laughs> Um, you know, it's funny you say that because it's, that's the part you can't wait for the right time because the right time is never going to come because we're always going to have a condition as to what makes the time right. And when it comes to God, you can't be putting those kind of of things with God. Put that on a quote, man. But it just doesn't work like that. Like if you let me decide what do I what does a perfect day or perfect condition looks like is never going to be what God decided to do because otherwise why would we need faith and what do miracles exist for it just doesn't then human beings can do it on their own so then that's that yeah say, say that one more time if 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 it was perfect say that again well if if we're waiting for the right time to happen we're looking for specific conditions to happen so it's never going to be the right time Especially, think about it. I'm very, I am a very perfectionist. I want things to do just right. But God has taught me it doesn't work like that, Clarissa. It just doesn't. So I have learned how to, you know what, God? I know you're in this. Because the the enemy is not going to purposely give me all these wonderful opportunities to then just decide this is not the way it's going to go. He's going to try to push against it. So I always know God is good, always. If it's not if it's not good, it's not from God. The end. I have nothing else to say about that. <laughs> Seriously, because this idea, I, I and and God used all this time, all of this. I have, if you look at my phone and you look at my journals, my entire story is written because God wrote it for me and so, through Bible verses, through through prayer, through times that I would literally ask God, okay, this hardship, are you trying to tell me something? And you know what God told me. Why would the enemy, why would I use the enemy to give you a message? Why? Wow. When has, when has God used the enemy in the history of the Bible to give people messages about stop doing this? 
Wow. No, it's not the Lord stopping you from doing something. <laughs> so when I finally understood that, I started looking at hardship like, no, this is not God. This is the enemy's time. This lady trying. preaching on here. Keep going. Well, but it's but it's Keep the going. truth. It's it's what I've, it's really what I experienced. It's it's the truth yeah. that I that I've seen in my life. Yep. Because I, I'm telling you the good part of the story, but I'm not telling you the times that I have of to course. stop and cry, and the the times that 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 I sat literally, I just sat there and say, Lord, I just want to do Your will because I know Your will is the best place to be at. But again, why do I need faith? And miracles in that in that special time that you see the writing on on the wall, if it wasn't for those times that the yep. enemy thought that he was yep. winning, because he really thinks he's winning. There are times that he's sitting there thinking, "Oh, I got you this time." I'm no, you didn't get me before. You ain't gonna get me the next time. Yeah, it's just the way it works. Yep. So we just we just build this history with him through this process that it just allows us. So I I, I kind of like spend a lot of time with the girls sometimes when. When they're being kids, because that's what they are, kids, and they they probably don't have the experience that I have, and they want to give up on, on things that I'm like, why are you giving up on this? Really? No. I mean, when have you seen God stop from being God? Never. Mm. I mean, seriously. So um, so so here I am in the middle of, of getting this opportunity, nine years in, um, and it was kind of interesting because I can tell you honestly, I've never, I think once I heard God's voice that like I heard it and audible, but I, I, there were so many times that the God would say to me, I want you to do this. And then I remember this one particular day, I'm sitting having lunch with my coworkers. They're Christians. They know, you know, they understand when I say God is speaking to me or things like that. So, um, so the Lord says to me, tell the superintendent she happened to walk in um, and she was getting a cup of coffee and, and tell the superintendent you need to talk to her. And I remember just leaning over and telling my coworkers, watch this. I had no idea what was, what was supposed to happen. I'm telling you, I have no clue what was That's supposed awesome. to happen after that. So I say, hey, um, do you have a minute this afternoon to talk to me? I mean, this woman is busy. I, I, I didn't know what to expect. I just knew she was going to say something because God told me to tell her yeah. that I needed to talk to her. So she looked at me. She says, yes, come this afternoon. Okay. And my coworker goes, what are you going to tell her? I have no idea. And then I go into the office and we sat down and says, we're going to tell them our dream. And then she goes, you're going to tell her about, because we wanted to have a resource center for parents, but parents could come and get resources for their children in multiple languages. They could come and they get access to computer and learn English. We wanted to have a center like that in the district um, because we don't have one and we needed support for the families. And she says, and I said, well, we're just going to tell them our dream. So I did. I put it together. I just have one piece of paper. I drew the what it what I want it to look like. I wanted a place where families can come and get um, trainings like yours, uh, an acculturation academy. I wanted a place where they could come and get access to a computer. So I wanted a computer lab, and I wanted a place to, to put all the materials. So I put it in a very simple way. I sat with her, and she looked at it, and she says to me, yeah, we can do this. I left the place. Okay, so think about this. First of all, I have no clue what I was supposed to tell her. Then I come with... The Lord is telling me, you're going to tell her your dream. My friends are looking at me like, are, are you serious? We're going to do this? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, we are. <laughs> we left the place. We had a center. Um, unfortunately, it's underwater now, but but it's it's still going to happen. And we're still having it. Um, but that happened. 
Think about building your faith. How can you not continue to move forward when you see the hand of God as you go? It's just impossible. I mean, and again, and you see that in places where you know that God is, and he'll tell you. So so here we are in, in this center. Um, four years ago, we opened a summer school for our students. I get to be the principal of the summer school, so how amazing is that? Um, and now we are going into our fourth year. We have a K-12 program, a full K-12 program, where we're serving children who are brand new, their families. Um, we, we just spend all this time with them trying to, to just support them in, in not only learning English, but also being able to graduate from, from our schools. Um, so, so that's basically my journey right there. Just, just a little bit of God and no, a lot of God and very little bit of me. Yeah. All of God yeah. and a little yeah. bit of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, I think the one thing that, um, people do also mistake is like, you have to put feet to the faith you have. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people understand that part. They, and I, and I kind of preached this last night. We come because salvation's enough, but mm-hmm. not to see him move mm-hmm. is enough. You know what I mean? So like we'll come in and I, I don't understand. I can't put any different than that, but it's like to, again, to hear what you're saying. Um, you, you said something earlier too. It's like nobody saw the hardships. And I always say this about success. Nobody ever sees like everybody sees Tony Robbins and like the cool speeches he does or our pastor, right? They'll see the sermon and it was like, man, bro, that sermon. But y'all didn't see the 40 years of ministry that that went into that. You don't Mm -hmm. see the hardships they went through. You don't see the faith. You know, you don't see the hard week they just had. You don't see the times he was crying. Y'all don't see, you know, just just listening to successful people. You don't ever see how many times they went bankrupt and ate Mm -hmm. it and ate ramen noodles for years. And you know what I mean? Ate ketchup sandwiches. That's Mark Cuban. Ate ketchup sandwiches for years, man. And and then now they're they're billionaires, you know, Mm -hmm. but they only see the billionaire part. Oh, it must be easy for him. No, man, these guys ate it. And and they were willing to sacrifice everything they could for the dream. In your case, you couldn't sacrifice family. You couldn't sacrifice. Obviously, you wouldn't. Mm -hmm. Right. But even through that... (laughs) It's like, look where you're at right now and you're the sphere of influence. So um, here's here's another good, I guess, question. In your sphere of influence, like teaching these people, what's the impact that you've seen from some of these families? I know you mentioned someone bought a house, cause, but now in the position that you're at with the St. Lucie County uh, District and all these things, what's just some of the impact that you've seen from what you instituted? Because you said something earlier before. It's not that people, I don't believe people, okay, racism exists, of course. I just don't think people know how to reach out to people. They've never been taught. They didn't know they should make a resource center for people. They just didn't know because they've never been on that side. When you've lived in a cookie cutter place your whole life or you've lived, I am an American, man, that's just how it is. It's how we know. But when you come from the outside, you're like, we don't have resources for people. So what's the impact because I don't want to blame that on we didn't, you know, I don't want to say we didn't know, but we didn't know. If you're ignorant, you're ignorant, right? What's the impact that you've seen so far from just doing this for the amount of time that you've been doing it? Well, I can tell you, honestly, families are so, so um, appreciative of everything that we do. Um, just the other day, I, I sat there, I received an email from a family who just moved recently from China four years, uh, four months ago. And the father was so in his, in his broken English, right? Right. And, and, and to me, again, that's 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 a little silly for me to say that. But he just communicated to me how thankful he was that we were working and having a summer program for his children to be able to continue to practice while he's learning. 
from the Acculturation Academy, I had one of the parents that was attending and she came to me and she was saying, I'm so thankful. I didn't know any of these things. Because again, the, the image that people have of America, I always tell teacher this, you don't understand that not every person that came to the to America wanted to necessarily be here. They came because they saw an opportunity. It is our job to let them know how good America really That's is. That's right. It really is our job. We do have an acculturation academy for teachers as well. We run wow. we run a, a two-session um, acculturation academy where we have teachers learn about the the image that children may have about education, America, teachers, classroom learning the educational system in America. So then they can go back to their classroom and see how they can support these children in the process of accommodating and assimilating to our culture. That's right. So, so, and, and parents are so grateful. You have no idea how many times I, I get stopped, stopped in, in, in Publix or, or sometimes I'm telling you, there's days that I'm like, I just wish nobody knew me. I just want to walk to Walmart without somebody having to stop me. <laughs> Well, that's wear, a, that's wear, a terrible problem to I have. I well, Most I, of us I, just I'm want not, Instagram totally, followers. Not, you know, I don't even. I don't even have it. I don't have social media. I think. I think I'm. I just, and that is not because of that. It's just. I just want to serve people. That's the bottom line. I don't that's need right. people to think that I'm some kind of special person. I'm not. They can do the same thing that I'm doing. They just have to. They just have to do it. And you know. I, I and I agree with you. I don't think anybody should think that we're special for what we do. Yeah. Uh, for the pe- amount of people we help or all those sleepless nights that you had, all that time praying, all the time that you sacrificed. You don't want people to think you're special, but you got to, if, if we're both real and honest here, that kind of burden isn't always bestowed on people. Mm-hmm. And so it is kind of special because if you're obeying it, I think that's what the special part is. You're obeying uh, that, that aspect of it. So you had said something earlier before, and I really want to hit this, especially for the school systems, because you said when when people come, especially kids, to America, they don't necessarily want to. It's 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 easy to sit on your computer on social media or behind a TV set mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, they should they should love America because of the opportunity." Well, wait a minute, you know, you know, I, I always say this. Seventeen years ago, before I became a Christian and a godly dude, I was an idiot, man. I, I treated women badly. Mm-hmm. I treated my parents badly. I was I was not a good dude. You know what I mean? So when people aren't being good people, mm-hmm. I don't get mad at them because, hey, they're not they're not they don't know. Right. We can't expect these young people or these parents to know what America's about if they mm-hmm. only have a one sided view of what it is. And I think that's what's so hard about the, the, the current system, you know, the current whether it's politics, whether it's family structure, mm-hmm. it's easy for us to say you should know. Right. But you, you don't even know. You know, you don't even know what it's like to be here. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't understand uh, in a lot of ways what it's like to be a foreigner on the outside. Right. I can't imagine what it's like. I mean, I've been to many foreign countries, but never any countries that I couldn't speak Spanish in. So it's easy for me to acclimate. Mm-hmm. But have you ever seen white people in Colombia? Excuse, excuse me. Um, can I? You, right? Yes. And, and it's very rare you meet someone who's like, hey, man, come down. Yeah, good. Yeah, I don't know what you just said, man, but praise God. You know, they don't do that yeah. stuff. You're very shy and timid yes. and you don't know how to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, and, and you have to you have to acclimate and assimilate and kind of understand. And I think a lot of people don't get that. Like, yeah. be kind to your neighbor. I think if I think if the, the, the American person, the, the, the Christian person, even the godly person, if we could understand that we're supposed to love our neighbors ourselves, mm-hmm. 
all these programs would have been instituted. We just didn't know. We didn't see it. Yeah. Um, which, which I get. I, I kind of want to keep going on this vein here. The young people, you know, you've raised your daughter just graduated college. Mm -hmm. Your other daughter, your older daughter has. She's a, a teacher. She's also a teacher. Yeah. Leah, we don't even know what she's going to do. I'm <laughs> something kidding, amazing, kidding. I'm sure. Yeah, something amazing, right? <laughs> what's been the what's been the fruit of mm -hmm. your kids? Like what mm -hmm. can you say, look, look, this impacted them. Everything that I've done. Why I say that? Cuz I think a lot of people think, man, if I go too hard, you know, on my kids, right, I don't want right, to right. But I think your kids see a warrior and a fighter mm -hmm. and a lover and a mother and all these things. Am I right about this? So what is it that you think the impact you've had on your kids? And if you don't mind, I'd like to pull one of you and ask you what you think about mama. Okay. Cause that'll, that'll really be personal. You know, um, Massey, and this is the hard part and I don't know if it's a hard, but it's just, again, I don't, I don't see me. I don't see me. I don't, I can't, I, I would have to literally take myself out of my body and see, okay, this is what I did for my kids. But I can tell you this. I lived what I believed um, in my house, in the church, in the parking lot, in my work. I don't, I, 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 do, I don't have a double standard life. I don't have a church image and a Christian image and then a mommy image and a wife image and a worker image. I carry God everywhere I go. At least I hope I do. And when I don't, the Holy Spirit will tell me and I will obey. Um, when your children can see that you are real everywhere you go, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, right? Because we're not perfect, certainly not perfect at all. But they can see that it's honest and it's real. I believe that that's where they are engaged into believing what you're saying about about what's right, or the right thing to do. Yeah, I'm very open, honest, and sometimes um, I'm brutal about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I couldn't imagine. Yeah. It, and, and, I, and I want my kids to know that we carry a huge responsibility because we carry the image of an amazing God. And if people can't see that in our lives, and I'm not telling you about being perfect. There are many days that I wish people didn't know that I was a Christian because I'm not being a good godly influence on other people because I'm just being real. But I want people to see that it's attainable. You know, like today, today was a tough day for us. We had a lot of push from, from people who are sometimes not understanding how much and how hard we work for them. Um, and it makes me, it puts me at this place of, okay, I'm angry right now. And I told my team, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm very disappointed on X, Y, or Z. Um, but then they can see, oh, wait, you can have a bad day and God still loves you. And I told this person, God loves us. And there's times that I am not very happy because God loves this person. But the, w the same way that he loves them, he loves me. And, and, and it's real. And it's real. So my kids can see that I can make mistakes, but God still loves them. Because I think that's, that's the part that we miss it. When we feel like we're disappointing God, that God is going to stop loving us because we made a mistake, then we start giving up. And you, mm. and you do. You do. Well, that'll because, preach, man. Because if, that'll if, preach, if you think that, okay, then whatever, no matter what I do, it doesn't matter. I'll never do anything right. God still loves you, and he, he's just looking at you. I mean, there's times that I that I think God is telling him, is sitting there and just saying, you go, girl. That's exactly what I needed you to do. You know, and there's times that the enemy goes, oh, look what she did, and God said, Yeah, because he's her. the accuser. Yeah, and then, 
and yeah. then he goes and he goes and he believes us and, and that's so much that he'll go watch her just watch her you see how she comes back yep. and that's the awesome part that that we have that opportunity his grace is so big and that's what i want my kids to see so so i think that that's my theory i think they saw that not being real is too tiring and quite frankly i'm going to forget I am going to forget. <laughs> so if I'm making stuff up, I am going to forget, and somebody's going to find out that I, 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 I did or I said something that it wasn't real. So I don't have time for that. I, I want you. my kids to see me in all my faces, but I want them to see that God is still real and God is still good. And, and I think that's what they've seen. I think, and I hope that. I mean, bring them on, see what they say. Because <laughs> I still want to ask you more questions about this program, but yeah. do you guys, can you, one of you guys hop on here? Leah? So this is this is Etta, and Jonathan can adjust the camera here. But what what's the impact that Mama um, has had on your life? I can tell you the impact my mother's had on me. You know what I mean? And I know uh, without a praying Mama, I wouldn't be here. That's for sure. Um, Mama wasn't given the opportunities uh, to understand. I think, and and she was in a different culture in a different world i think than your mother but the impact she's had on my life so i just kind of want you to and speak a little bit loudly because you're kind of more okay. away from the yeah, mic right but oh, okay. what, what's the impact that you think mom has had on your life um definitely for me she's never given up on me ever wow. like she's always been like even when i wanted to give up like there was times with school where like see I'm completely different than my older sister. I'm not an A student. I'm not like, I never, I was never the one that got principal's honor roll or anything like that. But my mom celebrated my C's as much as she celebrated my sister's A's. And to me, like that just shows that she never, like, yes, she believed in me and she was like, you can do this. Like, but even if I worked hard and got a C or a B in one of my classes, like my mom always believed in me and she knew like, you're not giving up. Like, we're going to get you a tutor. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Like, I'm going to make sure that you do the best you can so that you can succeed in life. Yeah. And so. So what does that sure. make you want to do when you have kids someday? Oh, my gosh. Believe in them. <laughs> Doesn't Way it, though? more. <laughs> yeah. It just like seeds sown and it mm -hmm. keeps growing and it'll never stop. And you know what she's going to do with your kids? The same thing. <laughs> yeah. And she's going to be just as hard on them. And she's going to say, look. You know, you're going to pick yourself up by the boots because, you know, they're going to be flow host. Yeah. Right. Sometimes, you know, y'all know what I'm saying. <laughs> right. They're going to be lazy. Yeah. They're going to whatever. And they can't be around grandma. <laughs> right. And, you know, hey, but, you know, that I think that's the other thing. What do you think if you could tell your mother one thing? Because this is getting personal and I didn't mm -hmm. want it to go here, but this is I, I didn't w think it would go here. What would you tell her? And Mother's Day is coming up. So <laughs> what would you tell her if, if you could say? If she wasn't even in the room, what would you say about your mother? What would you What would you want to tell her? I don't want to get all emotional. <laughs> hey, man, I do it all the time. I do it all the time on the podcast. I cry all the time. Oh, gosh. I would just, I don't know, thank you for everything you've done. Like, you've been a huge influence on my life, a positive influence. Without my mom, I don't know where I would be, to be honest. She's helped me. She's pushed me to be who I am today. I'm thankful. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the American dream, folks. And, and again, why I, why I wanted you to come on yeah. is because I think a lot of people that watch this, they think, man, 
you know, especially the polarization in politics. You know what I mean? People that want to build a wall, people that want to do these things, whatever, whatever side you're on, Democrat, Republican, I'm neither. But if they could see the stories of successes, that this is more American than I've seen, I'm being honest, American families that have been born here, that were here and established here. I think people would have a different tune on people and say, man, let's give these guys a chance. Let's see. Let's see this through together. You want to get on this? (laughs) (laughs) You get too emotional? (laughs) That was the other daughter. She's proud of her mother, too. Uh, But thank you so much for getting on. I got to ask your mom a couple more questions. Um, Clarissa, is if if, there's a lot of people that watch this podcast that are in the school system. Mm -hmm. Can this be duplicated? How could they duplicate it? Because people want feet. Mm-hmm. So I've noticed this. If I speak out on, on, on very controversial topics that I believe in strongly and I want to change something in community, you know what people want to know? That's awesome. I support you. Mm-hmm. How? Right? So I think people can do this. Yeah. They don't know how. Mm-hmm. You know? So so when you're talking about duplicating, I guess we're talking about the the work that we're doing with our families with the families right i mean because you you're not only in st like think about it there's a martin county now yeah. there's a yeah. there's other counties surrounding right. us like what right, if right. a duplication thing could happen where this is happening in different counties here right mm-hmm. uh that would be pretty huge well this is the beauty of the the kind of work that we do for example i'm i'm currently part i'm i'm the elect president for the florida association of bilingual and ESO supervisors so in about a year i'll be the president of that association I've been part of it for nine years. Um, so we spend a lot of time influencing each other, you know, and, and um, I'm also part of a national board for bilingual education. I spend um, a lot of time working with families who are not only from Florida, but also from, from other states. Right. Um, so I think it's already happening. There's so many laws. People don't, don't realize that the laws that we get, yes, we get them from legislators who are probably not educators, and some of the stuff that they're putting in there are are very difficult to attain to a certain degree. Yeah. But again, it, it just gives us an opportunity. It's a, it's a hardship, right? So you decide whether you're going to use that as mm. an excuse yep. or you're going to use it to propel you to do something bigger for your families. So I think Florida administrators for, for, for English learners are starting to turn around and look at ways that they can provide families the support that they need. Because again, it, it's 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 families, it's children, it's teachers, and, and school and district administrators. If you don't have all those pieces in place, if you don't have a program that support all those pieces, then you have you're going to have a hole in your program. Yeah, it's failure. Essentially, it's going to be failure. You have to support your principals in understanding how to work with these families. You have to work with the families so they know what rights they have and what responsibilities they have, too. Because a lot of the times I tell people, you made this decision the moment that you bought the ticket to move to this country. The moment that you said, I'm going to pack my stuff and I'm going to go to America, that's the moment that you decide you are adapting to a new culture, you're learning a new language, you're learning how to live in... in new in, laws, in new, new everything. New laws, new everything. Um, so, and that decision was made for a child. So now it's time for our teachers to receive that children, to let them realize, okay, America is a good place to live. In America, you can, you can still be... Um, Colombian and you can still be um, right. Chinese but but now you're learning a new language you're learning a new culture and we're receiving you and we're teaching you our language and we're teaching you our, our programs and our systems 
Um, again, I always tell people I'm a very, I'm I'm a, I'm, I'm an American who lives up lives in in as a as a Puerto Rican. I can't live who I can't leave who I am behind. I but but I'm still in America. Right. I can't do my things the way I did in Puerto Rico. Like I can't decide to build a pool in my house without a permit. It just doesn't work like that. So I have to adapt to that because in Puerto Rico I can literally build a house three three uh, uh, floors or stories and nobody needs a permit for that. You know, so um, so those are things that we work with our families and and a lot of the times I have to say our our, our Florida administrators are very much aware of what they need to do in order to support. So 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 I want to say I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people who are developing a system for our students and our families that is working for, for them. Um, and our population grows. We started, when I started this program, we were about 2,000 students. We're right now 4,100 students, 42 different languages spoken, 58 different countries. I mean, who would say in, in, in St. Lucie County that it's a, such a small county, we have that huge of an influence and um, the cultural richness that Good we night. families. I guess too, I was, I was mainly speaking for other states, mm-hmm. you know, New York's a hot spot for immigrants. Texas is a yeah. huge spot for immigrants. California, yeah. basically all the, the water states too, mm-hmm. as well. You know, people coming in from different countries on, on the, you know, from the English side or the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Africa side or whatever they're coming over here on, you know, ships or planes or whatever. So they're yeah. coming to different cities, but you know, I think a lot of people need to, I think people have a dream. I think people have these things. I, I'm going to be honest here. Boy, I wish some of this stuff was kind of offered in churches too, mm-hmm. not just in the school systems, because yeah. how much diversity do we have in our yeah. churches, synagogues, whatever, that we have an opportunity to really reach out to people. I've often said that the church should be the hub, and this is personal, that we should have workforce centers here because there's so many people with different skills and traits and mm-hmm. who wouldn't want to donate a couple of days out of their week to come in and teach a new skill mm-hmm. to help young women who are single and whatever and who are broken mm-hmm. and teach them what you know. You know what I mean? Like we should be the ones kind of heading that up. But I'm glad you're doing what you're doing because, gosh, I mean, I didn't even know that existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and shame. I don't want to say shame on me, but traveling as much as I do and speaking on this very topic of rights and things. Um, I don't get to see a lot of, you know, the immigrant side because I'm trying to teach kids in colleges or high schools. But man, like when you asked us to be a part of this and, you know, we can kind of wrap this up. But I was like, you remember when I told you that, like she had asked us to be a part of teaching new immigrants. I was so cheesing. And what I mean by that, I was like, Lord, you really brought this full circle. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because now I'm going to get emotional, man. I taught my mama how to read and write in English with those tests. You know, and 15 years ago, she became an American citizen. And she doesn't call herself a Mexican-American. She says she's an American. And she's proud of it, you know. And my dad, you know, who knew English and stuff. But she cares so much because of what this country offered her. Mm -hmm. You know, not the, it's God and all that. I know that. But to have a place that's at least free dude, you could sell rocks on the side of the road and be successful. I mean, you can sell Britney Spears's piece of gum for 50 grand on eBay. You know what I mean? You can do anything you want in this country. And for me, it's such an honor to know you. Um, and I'm not just saying that cause like just hearing your story is like, Holy smokes. Um, I wish 
more people had that kind of tenacity. Mm-hmm. And you know what they do? They're running Fortune 500 companies, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. That kind of tenacity, that mm-hmm. kind of boldness, that kind of no nonsense. I saw you. <laughs> I'm not going to say who or where, but we were at a school and you just like, no, we're on the schedule. Thank you. Bam. Just white. Didn't even turn around. Didn't say, oh, I'm sorry. It was like, no, we're doing this. Thank you. Bye. And you just walk. There's no stopping this short, five you know, one, five, five foot one person who has just taken the world by mm-hmm. storm. You know what I mean? But that's an inspiration. It proves it's not appearances. It has nothing to do with uh, circumstances, everything to do with what you're able to do with mm-hmm. what you have, mm-hmm. you know, turning that lemon into lemonade, but even that serving it on an ice tray, you know what I mean? So not just making lemonade, but serving it to people mm-hmm. because when you can do that, then it multiplies the message. Yep. You know what I mean? I, uh, thank you for, for, for doing this. We're going to do one next week on another Hispanic, uh, Latin, I should say, not Hispanic, but I want more and more people who are of different countries to be mm-hmm. on here. Really what it means uh, to, to be an American, I want to show the other side. Mm-hmm. Like I'm as conservative as they get. I'm uber ultra charged conservative, you know, not a Republican, but I'm so conservative in, in the sense that I love God. I love our country. I love rights. I love the constitution. I love America. I love my kids. Mm-hmm. That's why. But if they could see this side, my kids will be better men for it. My, my sons will be better men if I can teach them this. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really want out of this stuff. So I want to say thank you for coming on, Clarissa. You've been a dream to have. We should do this again. I think there's more issues we can discuss. Yeah. Um, I want you, and if we could do it again, I'd really like for you to kind of make a pitch for what are issues that you see that need to change. Mm-hmm. Like what are, what are some things that need to change now that, that we can do together? A lot of people won't do what you do, but can they help you? Right do what you do. Can we get people to yeah. come in as volunteers yeah. to the school systems and stuff like that? So if you wanted to plug what you're doing and, and, and huge shout out to the St. Lucie school system, Thank you. you know, for, for, for yeah. being here, but kind of give us a plug where we can reach you. If we got more information, mm-hmm. you know, people, and especially too, if they call from out other States, how to duplicate this, what can yeah. they, you know, where can they reach you? So to reach me, my office number will be the best number to call. It's a 772-429-5537. And what do we need? Honestly, if you speak another language uh, other than Spanish and Haitian Creole, it would be amazing if you can sign up for to be a volunteer in St. Lucie County. And this summer, we're going to be working with students from all over the world who are one year or less in this country, who have been in this country for less than one year, and they need just someone who they can connect. Just like I needed somebody who speaks. Think about it. We gravitate towards the people who speak our native language. True. They just need to know that we are teaching them. We love them no matter what language you speak, and we're going to try to understand you. We're going to use all kinds of technologies to, to be able to do that. But if we can have volunteers from people who speak languages like Portuguese, um, Arabic, um, we did actually hire someone who speaks Mandarin. So we'll have somebody who who speaks Mandarin. But if you are interested in volunteering uh, this summer with us, we're going to be in Westgate K-8 this summer. And just sign up for a volunteer through St. Lucie County School District. You would have to go into the app. fill up an application at the website and sign up, tell us what language you speak, and we can we can have you help our students in the summer. Um, but I also want to speak to Christian Christians who are out there in the in the community and in, in the business. We are always praying to God to give us a, a, a ministry. I don't know that people know that if you work in any in anything, 
you are a ministry. Yes, we, some of us, or some people are called to minister to the church and to the church body. But some of us need to go out there mm. and reach the business world, the banking world, the education world. What, I mean, I just sit there and say, God, you, I could have been doing all kinds of things, but you chose me to be here in St. Lucie County School District managing a, a federal grant, a federal program supporting families. I remember 34 years ago, I received this prophecy from this lady, and I did not understand what she was telling me. I was 16 years old. And probably it's older. You do the math. I'm almost 50. Um, but this is what this lady said. She said to me in Spanish, you will be the, the, the watchtower over the nations. At that moment, I thought I was going to be an evangelist and I was going to go around the world and preaching. I could see that. That's what I thought. Like, seriously. Right? So I'm doing this Bible study in our church. And part of the Bible study was to kind of like think about prophecy that was given to you. That prophecy came to mind, and when I remember, you're going to be a watchtower over the nations. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm a watchtower. I'm the watchman over the nations, the people who come from other nations and need someone who's compassionate, who has the love of Christ. Not many of, first of all, they all know I'm a Christian. There's no way to go around it. I'm not going to hide it. I, I love giving God the glory for whatever I do. So I do it anywhere I go, whether it's in a, in a, in a national meeting or it's yeah, in a small, pu- it doesn't matter. They do you guys know see that. this? A public it's school, okay. yeah, it's all and, right. And you know how many people come and ask for prayer and they know that I'm a Christian <laughs> or they want to, hey, can I There's talk There's no to way you? around it, man. Yeah. And sometimes they're like, can, can we meet? And we have a meeting and all of a sudden it turns into a prayer meeting, which is awesome. Because that's just the way it is. This is the country we live in. We can do those things. So um, so if you have any talent, no matter, don't stop praying for God to send you to, to, to do ministry out of, out of this country. That's great if that's what God has assigned you to do. But wherever you are, where you're in the classroom or you are in, in, in an administrator, just be that person that God can use to reach out to other people because... I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't do it any other way. I just wouldn't. Thinking awesome. Sweet. So, guys, again, thank you so much for uh, tuning into podcast 30. This is 33. Good night. Uh, 33 weeks into this, and and you've been so faithful to to watch. Again, go online. Go on theselfevidenttruth.com. You can find out more information about the podcast. Also, copy some merch. Got our new hats out, yo. Come on, man. Y'all need one. And it supports a great thing here because we want to get you more content we're going to keep doing interviews like this this to me is more impactful than just talking about what needs to be done it is being done so again thank you so much for tuning in, you guys we love you god bless you and we'll see you soon